0: But I think the main thing is, at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same 9 by 9 court, and the rules are the same. So we, uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah,
1: that's uh, uh, yeah, on the back of your shirt. You did, you did a little
0: free shout out for you. Um, and
1: it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's going on, guys? It is Wednesday, my dudes, as Rob is (laughs) nicely showing there. It is... uh, What's the date of it? Oh, today is Wednesday, August 31st. It is done. It is over. Pool play at the 2022 FIVB Men's World Championships is done with, and we are going to break it down. Um, My name is Everett Delorme. Welcome to the 9x9, the 81 square meters of the best volleyball content on the internet. As always, I'm joined by rob Saint there who's looking probably the best ever right now uh that, that that might be the best look uh we've we've ever seen him pull off hey. uh, <laughs> even, even even more so so uh that that uh that we're matching uh rob pool play is done it, it, it is it, wednesday it is, my dudes it is it is wednesday
0: um, <laughs> we've and, and, never done a show on a wednesday so i, I was really excited to do that Oh, it is. This is going to be our first Wednesday.
1: Oh, maybe. Did we do a Wednesday show once, like in Christmas time or something? Uh, maybe.
0: I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But, yes, pool play is done at the World Championship Everett. We had a, we had a really good show, whatever day that was, Sunday, uh, talking we about did. the first half of pool play. We, we went did. down everything in chronological order. Uh, that's actually not what we're going to do this time. We're not no. going to go down in chronological order. We're, we're going to jump right to this. We're going to jump right to this. Canada swept by Turkey <sighs> today. 2325 2325 1725 and canada by the narrowest of margins on point ratio is eliminated from the tournament yeah um to be honest let's just
1: start with this it's been a really bad two days for canadian volleyball uh first on the beach side you have mel uh humana paredes and sarah pavan uh, their partnership ending yesterday, officially, uh, those the, we've known is coming for a while, but yesterday was official. Uh, and then, of course, this where Canada will be finishing 17th at the men's volleyball world championships for the first time since 2010, um, 2010. They lost or they the same thing. They went one and two and did not move on. And that's exactly what uh, what it happened here. Um to say I'm disappointed is a bit of an understatement. Uh, let's say, you all heard me in the preview show, and that I was confident. Let's let I was I was pretty confident in the squad that we had, based off the roster that we had and the and the, the skill level level that I know is there. Uh, I looked at our pool and I was like, yeah, I think we can go two and one. I think we can go two and one and put ourselves in a good position to to get a favorable round of sixteen matchup and and maybe win a game. Right? I wanted to see something different and, and a little bit of growth. From Viennal. Um, let's be honest, it didn't start out great. That first match against Italy was ugly. And then it didn't really get better. Yeah, we won that three-nothing match against China, but Rob, I messaged you last night and I was like, dude, I'm not I'm not confident
0: going into this game against Turkey, right? Here's yeah, here's the China match score line 25 23, 25 21, 25 23. Should not have been that close. Canada had Absolutely a mass not. massive lead in the third set that they in, almost in, let slip away. In all of the sets, really.
1: And I mean, it was the exact same thing today, where we would be looking good early, Turkey would pull away, we would catch up, we would get a big lead, they would catch up, they would get a big lead, then we would have to play catch up. It was just Jekyll and Hyde all, all over the place. Um, today, I think, was definitely our worst match of the tournament, at the time when we needed our best match. Um, you know, we looked infinitely better in set three against Italy than we did at any point today. Um and yes, obviously we looked up a better against China, but still there was so much hesit- hesitancy in our game, and there was just too many things not happening right. Um,
0: There's a couple notes that I had before, because I, I know you took several, and why, yeah. I want to I want to really break this down. First of all, like we heard Ben Josephson say after set two in like the mid mid match interview, he's like, "Yeah, we're not passing the ball very well." but it's not the hard serves that are giving us problems it's the easier ones mm-hmm. and which was absolutely true. It was very weird, like I see already I see people getting active in the YouTube chat, which I encourage everyone to do, and uh, people talking about how Canada's passing let them down. It absolutely did. It was a mm-hmm. miserable passing performance, but what was weird about it is that it won't the the Classically difficult serves that gave Canada such a hard time, and no. it was it was easy ones that were being no. passed straight up or shanked or like well outside three meters. And as we no. talked about, Canada's new offensive identity is needs the mm-hmm. ball to be passed at least the three meter line or better. And then yeah, the other sure. thing is is the same point that I brought up during VNL. It was painfully obvious in Ottawa when we were there. The off speed shots have got to stop. All right, oh can I? I could, sorry,
1: I I appreciate you, but. Can I just have some time to, to get get through my list here? Uh, of course. Because, because you're kind of taking away my, my talking points. Um, yeah, I mean, as, as he said it right there, first and foremost, this game is serving and passing. And we did neither of those things well throughout this tournament, right? Like, it, it, it just wasn't good. It wasn't good from the baseline. We weren't putting that much pressure on. We saw a few, like, we saw a few runs, like that one run from Arthur Schwartz. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, early in the, fir- like, late in the first but still like it it just wasn't enough on on a consistent basis just as you said the off speed shots from absolutely everyone i mean i don't know how many times we flicked the ball over to sclater and it looked like he was trying to play a continue game you know like a half speed shot right at the defender it, it, you know like same thing with mar like we out of system like balls that are just being like skyballed into the middle of the court that are, we're not putting any pressure on them on them whatsoever like, it, it was a frustrating watch throughout the entirety of the game because you weren't watching Team Canada, right? You were watching a ghost of Team Canada throughout the entirety of the time. Um, it, and it And it comes down to a few things. First and foremost, what the hell is going on with Eric Lepke? Like that oh, I, that, that has to be the biggest concern right now if you're a Canadian volleyball fan, right? Because this is a this is a guy that for a number of years now we've thought to be the future of Canadian volleyball. Right. And even some of the discussions that we had in Ottawa, Rob, with with people around the program and you know, that, that discussion was that Eric Lepke is going to be, you know, the future of Canadian volleyball. Now we didn't really see him much, right? That that opening performance against Italy was honestly a little embarrassing. Like that, I hate to say it, um, but that might be the end of his like after this that that might be the end of his career playing in Italy, right? On the biggest stage at the world championships, you probably have every single club in in Syria watching that. And he pulls out a performance where he goes three, what was it, three for twelve or three for seventeen with with four six, errors? With or something six like that. Yeah, yeah, six errors. It was it was just it was bad, right? And then he never really got a, you know. Got back in there, and the few times he did, he looked bad, right? It it, 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 did. It didn't look good. Why is it that we have Riley Barnes, who a year ago wasn't playing volleyball, right? Was back in Alberta on the bench, or sorry, out playing Eric Lepti right now? That's, that's a, a big thing, right? I think we got to start looking at it. Unless he's there's an injury we don't know about, it maybe something happened in the Italy game. I think we maybe start need to look at it that he's he might not be the future of Canadian volleyball because that he was just nowhere to be found. The second thing for me was where was Matthias Elser? Why didn't we just throw him in at some point? And I may be a little bit biased because I'm currently just editing all of that footage from Gatno, and he looks so damn good. But like Nick Hogue looked bad, right? He did not look great. There was a few like like out of system where we're just rolling it over the top and you know he 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 banged a few balls from the baseline i think he had like four races after two sets which was really good he had a few pretty good kills but it was just not good enough why aren't we throwing matias elser in like we're losing by a lot in the third why not just throw elser in and just see what happens He's some youth exuberance get him to chuck on some balls or or, or something um ultimately i think this just, just shows the deficiencies in our program i think that there's two like the both regimes are, are to blame here right we've talked about it before and this team can have a million excuses, but at the end of
0: the day, they just, they just weren't good enough. Right. Um, yeah. A the, the couple, yeah. I, I know you've probably got more. There's a couple things in there. First of all, today serving numbers, seven aces, 10 errors. That's pretty good. That, that, uh, but but a couple yeah. of those were some too little, too late situations. Like you get down by four or five or six in the first set. And Arthur Schwartz, rips off three in a row to get you kind of back in it. And you still lose like, that, that sort of thing inflates the numbers. Also, uh, attacking numbers, uh, Canada's offense hit 300 on the match, which I was surprised by. The difference was that Turkey hit 500 on the match, and that is unacceptable. Only two blocks from Canada and only two unforced hitting errors from Turkey, which is a team that's missing three of their four best outside hitters. Like, And, and it, it comes back to the pressure that Canada was unable to put on them. And you know that Addis Legumja is their primary offensive guy, uh, he was good today. Let's see, 17 points on, yeah, 16 for 30, only two errors. It's about 15, 50% efficiency. I, I, know th- I know that a lot of the focus right now is on the Canadian side. They're, they're trying to figure themselves out. There's an, a level of execution that, need, that they need to play the style that they want to play and that is just not there right now. But eventually, you've got to figure out how to win a match. You've got to figure out how to go stop the one guy on the other team that can actually beat you. 100 percent right and i do think that a lot of credit does go to
1: Turkey in this one like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and say that they 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 didn't play well like they they did play well they put they put it on i mean they made our defense look like swiss cheese and that's what it felt like it it was like it was hard to watch at times that every single time you knew was going to go to the right side and still he was looking at like you know one on partial block like 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 maybe a, like a one-on-one, maybe there's like two hands in there. Like we didn't, we didn't make it tough for them at any single point in time to, to stop the ball. And then we, even when it w- did get past our, or when it got past our block and was in the wheelhouse, we still weren't making digs like we're f- far, far, far too many. Uh, they're just offense could just kind of tee away. And we weren't, Sure, like we did have those seven aces, but I'd love to see their, their their passing percentage on average. I'm sure it's a lot higher than that 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 ace to error ratio, uh, ace to error, ace, or, ace to error ratio shows.
0: Yeah, it's 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 weird because we we've been really in deep with this new Canadian look program this summer, and it's it's still new, and it still requires a, again a very high level of execution to play the style of volleyball they want to play, but. They've got guys on this team right now, Stephen Maher, Nick Hogue, Brett Walsh, Lucas Van Berkel, Ryan Slater, who have played the elite levels of European club volleyball, who we just need to start holding to a higher standard. There are just the, the quality of contact is not there from those guys, independent of the system that Canada is trying to play. And then it comes in the worst possible moments when those deficiencies really show up. Like there was an there was an insane rally today. I can't remember the circumstance, but you guys actually dug a ball, which was a miracle. Um, and there, there was a, a very hittable opportunity. And Stephen Mar gave the easiest roll shot in the history of the world right to the middle of the court. And Turkey has set the middle, ran it right back down your throats like that. That sort of thing from a player of Mars caliber is just not acceptable. 100%. You have to, be, have to be better than that. And this is, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on with this program. There's a lot of youth. There's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of injury still. There's a lot of question marks about personnel. But the guys who have been there before have just got to get better. Be better volleyball players, independent of the system and independent of the situation. Yeah, 100%. At a certain point, like we just need to execute. And I was
1: a little frustrated watching like teams like like Mexico goes out and beats Bulgaria. We're going to yeah. talk about that. And even watching Puerto Rico, like, they just went and balled out. Right, they didn't let anything kind of kind of get to get, get to them, and they just went and played volleyball, and they looked infinitely better than we do. And those are teams that you know finished behind our B team, right? Puerto Rico got pumped by our B team in in Ottawa, right? And that's the exact same group of guys that went to go play play. And I mean, yes, they they went only three, but still, they looked better than than what Canada looked like at at times. Looking at this stat line too, 15 errors for Canada over three sets. That's not terrible, but it's not great at the same time, like just offensively. But only four errors for turkey yes i think there's a lot of like once again the credit goes to turkey i think they played a fantastic match however that to me shows me we just weren't putting enough pressure on them right there wasn't enough there wasn't enough hands on the face like he he was able to score 16 16 kills he was 16 for 30 with only two errors
0: it's exactly what I mean. It's like you. I know they're they're focusing on their side. There's a high level of, of execution that demands, but figure it out. Be a volleyball player. You guys have been there before. Stephen Marr plays in Italy. He's played against Addis Lagumja before. These guys have seen this guy before. Go stop the one guy that can beat you. Be a volleyball player. Use your brain. Like just just figure it out. I I don't know. It's it's easier said than done. But the, and I'm not even Canadian. But the disappointment obviously is extremely real. That I'd say Canada and Bulgaria are the two biggest disappointments of the tournament by far. Yeah, a
1: hundred percent. I mean, hey, well, at least we didn't go, go over like Bulgaria. At least we did win the one match that we were quote unquote supposed to win. I know we were supposed to beat Turkey too, at least in, at least in my eyes. Um, but yeah, it, it would have been it. It was just it, it was tough to watch. All right, we now, got now we, that
0: we got to move on from Canada. I do, earlier. I do have,
1: I do have. Yeah, I do, I'm just wrapping wrapping it up now. At this point, though, like the person who's probably hurting the most today or, or hurting the mo- or who will be hurting the most over the next little bit i think is is coach benjo right i think this is not the way he had hoped and it, it his his tenor would start and i know if there's one person who's going to you know put the pedal to the metal um and figure this out it, it's going to be him uh I was a little disappointed with some of our fans and how pessimistic they were. Even after we lost the first set 25, 23 and made a good comeback. I thought we had some some good momentum and it didn't happen. So guys, let's just let's just let's just give him a chance, right? Because we all know how much he's dominated U Sports this the past decade. Let's give him a chance to go back and, and retool some things, but I do think that some retooling is needed. I do think that maybe. You know, now that he has a taste of international volleyball at that level, we're going to look at things and maybe readjust what the expectations are from this team moving forward.
0: Yeah, Um, it's a tough balance between expectations of like results, performing in tournaments, and building the style of volleyball that you want to play and understanding what the goals are in the long term. And we talked about that earlier this summer in Ottawa, but to be very, very clear, Canada's goals are to win Olympic medals. Right now, 100%. you're not even in a very good position to qualify for the Olympic Games. And that's, that's going to be the shift in priority. You guys have got to figure something out faster than the trajectory is right now to even get to the Olympic Games this quad. Yeah, 100%. The you know record says you are, as the old saying goes.
1: Yeah, 100%. And to be perfectly honest, I think we're going to see a lot of turnover on this national team over, over the next little bit. As I said, that B team that we saw in Gatineau this year looks really, really good. For for comparison, last time, in, in 2011, Canada finished fourth at the Pan Am Cup, and that was there with our A team with guys like Gavin Schmidt and Gord Perrin. In 2022, we're finishing second with our B team, so I think there's going to be some studs coming up, and I think the guys on the A team are going to start looking over their shoulder because something needs to happen, and this can't happen again.
0: Good. Well, Everett, I I really hate to do this to you. No, we're 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 we're, we're moving we're moving on because okay. we're we're
1: done and it's over. And now I get to watch the rest of the tournament and, and and have no worries. Now
0: I just get to enjoy volleyball. Well, I really hate to do this to you as we wrap up and move on, but there was a thing that was said on last week's show that I think had just has to be. There, I mean,
1: you just got three
0: donged by a team that lost at ten marks, <laughs> so um, you can go whatever and, and, and do whatever. Uh, just but got yeah, three donged by a team that lost to Denmark. Put that in the nine by nine hall of fame right there. <laughs> that that, that, great. That, that. Everett, you just got three donged by a team that lost to Denmark. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, that's uh
1: What can you know? What what can you do? I like you. You got to take this one line down at at some point. Like you know, what Rob? We we just didn't play good enough volleyball to move on, and 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 that's the 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 extreme of it. To be honest, though, I'm almost I'm I'm happy that we lost and didn't move on, because if we had lost and moved on, it might have been able to be like, oh, you know, we did all right, blah blah blah. But this is like, hey, there's a problem here. Let's fix it. Where how do we address it? Well,
0: we'll get into just how close Canada was to losing and still qualifying as we go through all the matches. But let's start back at the beginning since the last show we did. Now that we've given Everett a soapbox for a moment here, uh, we can go through those, these pretty quickly. Because to be honest, although there was a decent amount of drama as far as like moving positions around and pools and seeds and all that stuff the last three days since we did the last show, the matches themselves just weren't that good. There just yeah. weren't very many good ones. So we're going to start off back from what day was it? Monday. Monday, just go through the matches from the pools. Pool A Serbia 3 0'd Puerto Rico like everyone expected, and Ukraine 3 0'd Tunisia like everyone expected. There's really nothing else to say there. This, this is what I mean. Like, there are so many just like useless filler matches in some of these pools that just turned out as expected. There was. Just not very many upsets. So moving I, on. <laughs> honestly, Rob, I think they we're seeing the consequences of the COVID
1: nineteen, right? Because I think we're seeing a lot of that secondary level of teams who just haven't
0: played a lot. There, there's definitely something to that. I mean, that there's if you're not a VNL team, mm-hmm. you haven't played that much volleyball since the pandemic, uh, even if you've had like a couple continental events here and there. So there are definitely some teams that are still jumping back in and getting their feet wet in international volleyball again but this the level of this world championships overall i think we just have we have to to say it's down it feels like it's down there are only like there are way too many like thanks for participating tier teams in this tournament
1: yeah absolutely i don't disagree like still still i was hoping that i'd see like i think there's even less teams now than i originally thought who have the potential of winning it but i I, totally digress Let's, let's move on
0: all right, moving on. Same thing that day. We talked about a little bit earlier. Canada did beat China, although it was not convincing. Uh, I have some of the numbers up in front of me. They're just not overwhelmingly impressive. The offense wasn't that good against a Chinese team that is not a good serving team. Uh, blocking wasn't nearly good enough, considering China, again, only has one player. And Canada got it done, and it was actually almost enough. But, again, it, the eye test, not convincing. Italy no, beats- eye test wasn't convincing yeah. at all. Italy beat Turkey A. great. We all expected that. Italy is better than Turkey A, so it is what it is. The the real drama that day came in this pool, and this was one of the weirdest pools, clearly the weirdest pool of the tournament, um, but just one of the weirder pools kind of ever in any tournament just because of all the weird stuff that went on. And I'm talking about pool F, Argentina getting reverse swept by the Netherlands. So Argentina goes up to 0 30 28 25 2-0, 30-28, 25-20, and then Namir Abdelaziz whips out just an absolute masterpiece of 32 Brilliant, brilliant points and 15 to nine in the fifth after a controversial call that went against Argentina and they just crumbled after that. So the Netherlands, who is seated third in their pool, was two and zero at this point. And on the other side, uh, Iran actually dropped a set to Egypt, which hurt their set ratio later on. They, they did beat them in four. Um, on whatever that was Tuesday, yesterday, uh, but did hurt Iran a little bit to have dropped a set to their four seed. But I really want to talk about that first match. Uh, what, ever? What's the deal with Argentina? What's going on with this team right now? Uh, you know what? They just they just seem a little bit
1: discombobulated. Like they're just not as as fluid as they th- as I thought they would be. Especially bringing back Conte and Dechko through all of this. Like I I was expecting them to just be killer like we like we've seen them in the past. I think missing Sebastian Soleil in the middle really really hurts them. But uh ultimately I think it's just the P2 position. They just don't have a P2 right now that that can solidify it for them.
0: Yeah, that definitely hurts. Uh it, it, more of a like team level thing. I said it on the last show and it really came up in these the two matches that Argentina played Monday and then today. This team just can't score break points. For some reason they can't manufacture any points on serve and you got to, you got to do that to win volleyball matches. That's, that's mm-hmm. as simple as it gets. And you got to do it in one of three ways, serving, blocking or defense into transition offense. For some reason, Argentina's just not good at any of those things,
1: which is so weird because they're yeah. such a skilled team. They have right? eleven mean, blocks like, in this. Like match. when I think,
0: yeah, their their blocking was ri- ridiculous,
1: right? Like Lozair, I think had had eight blocks. Or, that was, or that, think, that was that was the, 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 first first match the
0: previous that, match? I mean, Decentine and Zerba both had four. Like a lot of stuff blocks in the stat sheet, but they're not really doing it on their serve. Like, yeah. they just can't string together points, and this this should be. The reason why they won Olympic bronze last year, the part of their identity that really worked for them was they were unbelievable in out They were the best passing in the tournament in the Olympics, and their side-out offense was absolute cash. It was perfect. And they weren't, they weren't a great serving team, and they weren't a great blocking team, but they were a good defensive team. And that ability to just dig balls and even sc- either score in transition or just do something smart to get ahead in the point in transition is just not there this year. No, it's it's not. I honestly, I don't know what because I don't know what the missing key is. They
1: just they just all look like they've taken taken a step back. I almost wonder if you're, if you're, if you're like someone like Dechko and Fukundo Conte who have been there for so long and have built this team up for so long, you've kind of reached that pinnacle and you're like, well, like you know, we're at the end of our careers anyways. Like you know, we're probably going to be re- retiring soon. This is the best we're going to get. How much like, how much en- effort and energy do I want to put into this? Further past this.
0: Yeah, totally fair. And on the Netherlands side, I mean, ever we've been talking about the Netherlands as a one-man show, and Namir Abdelaziz now has two thirty-point performances this this World Championship. The rest of the entire field has zero. So there's definitely something to that. Namir Abdelaziz is an no, that's, absolute that, that's not true.
1: Gonzalez has a thirty-point performance. But... Oh,
0: seriously? the The Mexican opposite got one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, from, Bulgar- from uh, Bulgaria from Bulgaria. Oh, the five setter. Wow, yep, good for yep, good yep, for him.
0: Yep. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I mean. Namir can single-handedly carry the point-scoring of a team, but i got to say, I'm impressed by the Netherlands as a team. I can't believe I'm about to compliment Teister Horse, but I think even he's played well this tournament. I, I really like uh, Parkinson. What's his name? My, yeah, Michael Parkinson. He played in Poland last year. Their middle blocker uh, is making a bunch of big moves. He had three blocks against Argentina, and a lot of them were in the fifth when he's just destroying people in out-of-system situations. And Benny Tweenstra is playing well. I even I even think... Somehow Vessel Kiemink, their setter, is playing pretty well. So I think that the Netherlands as a team is doing a better job of supporting Namir than we maybe thought at this point. And like we'll 100%. talk about later on when we look at the brackets, they have a very doable draw Everett. They have probably the yeah, easiest yeah. pot of four teams in the field. I do think that Dutch volleyball, A, like we forget that Dutch were like
1: a dynasty back in oh, the yeah, 90s. Oh, yeah, they were incredible like, in the 90s. Like that, that, that's a team that was winning Olympic medals, that was winning world championship medals, that was winning world leagues. Like the Dutch were were a team. Um and we also know, I think the Dutch do have a very underrated kind of sport system. And I do think that they have an underrated uh volleyball league in general. I do think that the general skill level is actually pretty decently high. Um, and of course, they've had some fr- some fantastic players uh, along the way. I just don't think that the population is there that is that big. And of course, soccer owns the owns the Netherlands uh, like most like most countries in in Europe. But yeah, like this Dutch team understands their roles and they all do it very, very well. They do it so well that Namir just has to do Namir things. He doesn't need to do anything else. He doesn't need to put the team on his back because the team has him up right and yes he does the rest of the stuff i like, guess he puts the points on the, the board but like they pass well they set well they play good defense they they play an all-around good style of volleyball that allows them to release um nimira Adez- adele aziz and just score willfully both you know offensively and and from the baseline so yeah i think the dutch are, are a dangerous team to play because right now they're, they're building themselves up and they have something to play for and uh you don't, I just don't want to bet against Namir and a bunch of guys who love playing with him.
0: No, I, I would never do that. And their world ranking, they're doing themselves a lot of favors by beating both Argentina and Iran, like teams ranked ahead of them. Namir stat line this one 27 for 46 errors. That's like 53% efficiency, two blocks so and three aces. He's just crazy. He's so He's- good. It's ridiculous. And some of the serves that he was hitting, he hit one from one to one, like perfectly right on the corner in the position one sideline, 124 kilometers an hour. Like, just what do you do? There's literally nothing that you can do against that ball. He's, he's, he's incredible. He's one of those
1: athletes that has the ability to elevate, uh, elevate his game. You know, like things, things aren't going good and I'm doing pretty good right now, but I can attain a higher level. that's just God mode, beast
0: mode, and no one can touch me if I do. It's so much fun to watch them when that happens. So uh, that's that's Monday. Uh, pool really the only drama on Monday. Let's move on to Tuesday, which was the last day of pool play for the first three pools in the tournament. We're looking first at Pool B, Brazil swept Qatar. We all expected that. But the really featured one that we really hyped up on the last show, huge match between Japan and Cuba. Japan wins 3-1, to one and dropping that set, Did hurt them a little bit in in the set ratio for the standings. Uh, Three points was big. Japan takes second in the pool. Everett, was that the worst setting performance by by Cuba's two setters combined? Was that the worst setting performance in volleyball history? Because I honestly think it might have been. It was embarrassing. I mean, I coached a 16U boys team once that was, that was
1: pretty bad and we didn't really have any setters. Um, (laughs) So other than that, that season where we finished last in the OVA um, and actually Dan's brother was on, was, was on that team. Hi Liam. uh, If, (laughs) if if you're watching Um, that other than that, then yeah, that might've been the the worst setting performance and truly that's, that's all that's killing Cuba right now. You've got world-class guys everywhere and you know, I think you have like an NIA level NIA NIIA level setter uh there in both Goida and uh Tabadoa because they just they're they're just choke artists a, a, a little bit.
0: They're awful. They make horrible decisions and then they locate the ball horribly. And that's, yeah. this is both of them, like Tabuada and Goida both terrible, awful setting performances, even though the rest of Cuba, like we've said, is legitimately talented. I mean in the four set match, Robert Landy Simone only had eleven attempts attacking that's, that's, that's insane that's, this, this is the best this is the best middle blocker in the world and none of you guys can even figure out how to set him the ball even perfectly in system you're not giving him the ball which should be plan a for your offense literally every single time it's possible it's just so brainless and yeah. I I talked to Ronnie Cuban spike who we had on the show last week uh, our Cuban insider he is there he's in Ljubljana he was there at this game in person I said Ronnie I think that was the worst setting performance I've ever seen and he said Saying that's the worst setting performance you've ever seen is a compliment. <laughs> it, it, was, it was worse than that. And he said that combined with them, they, they don't have a setter. And that he says is their coaching staff and just their team mentality from, from the staff, not from the players who actually play real volleyball, they're just such an unintelligent and not well-organized team in terms of tactic that th- their ceiling is only as high as, you know, like Herrera and Lopez are going to be able to just bang out of system balls all match long
1: yeah but also too, what's up with Lopez? Miguel Lopez in this one was three for 12 with three errors 25 Z- percent kill percentage, zero percent efficiency. This dude's supposed to be like like we had picked him as, as potentially be one of the breakout stars uh, of of this tournament. Like here's the guy was playing for Santa Cruzero, and he's putting up stats lines, st- stat lines like that. like man, they, they brought in Yant and Yant looked all right, but he's still looking sketchy up.
0: I know somebody's got no matter how good the offensive player. Somebody's got to deliver him the ball. And that setting performance was so bad that even a hitter of Lopez's caliber against a block of Japan's caliber, which, by the way, Japan outblocked Cuba in a four set match, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard. It, it all comes back to the setters. It, it's all the fault of both Cuban setters for orchestrating a horrible offense. And even when they made set choices that didn't immediately lose them points, they located balls so poorly that it was a miracle that they even took a set it i can't overstate how bad of a setting performance that was it was it was painful to watch it yeah it was and
1: really it just doesn't do justice to cuban volleyball when you're at all right like it's it's honestly like launch, launching a rocket launcher out of canoe right that's that's what watching cuban volleyball is is like because you know you have so much potential and there's just nowhere to go with it
0: that's an amazing analogy. And uh, on the Japanese side, I mean, this, this is a matchup that we thought was going to be really interesting because of how, of how different the teams are. And sure enough, Japan was able to execute their game plan, play their style, and Cuba wasn't. So there's really not really that much more to say about that. I, do, I, I cannot believe that Taishi Onodera outscored and I think outblocked and just in general outplayed Robert Landy-Simone. was uh, I 10 to Simone's 11, but he had six blocks onodera had six blocks and a couple solos on simone and again it's all it all comes to the cuban setters but it was a, the best middle blocker performance i've seen by a japanese middle in a very long time
1: uh, i'll be very honest right now japan is one team that a big question mark on you know the, the other like like throw the game against qatar out the window cuba didn't really show up in this one they were kind of dominated by brazil like i don't really know where japan sits in this tournament right like and like i know it doesn't really matter but like that that first round matchup could be very very interesting when we'll we'll talk about that but i just i don't get i don't i don't understand their vibe yet are are they good are they they playing bad i don't know i really don't
0: yeah, it is kind of weird to tell with Japan, but they they are who they are. We know their style. We know that teams that are better than them are, are almost always just going to know the style, have a game plan and out execute them. And teams that are worse than them or can't handle the style, like they're either worse than them skill wise or worse than them in preparation. Those are the teams that Japan beats. And I think that was the case here. So, they are who uh, they thought they were, and we let, them, we off the let them off the hook. That's what Ben Josephson was probably saying in the, the Canadian dressing room today. They are who we thought they were, uh, and we all, let them off the hook. All-time great uh, American football coaches line, uh, old Arizona Cardinals guy. I can't remember his name. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to Pool C. There was some interesting stuff here. The first match, completely meaningless. Not completely meaningless, but just like Everett said, Everett gets a lot of credit for this. Mexico gets a win. Mexico Mexico beats Bulgaria in five, 18, 16 in the fifth. Again, this match doesn't matter. Both these teams are going home. Bulgaria, extremely disappointing, but it is really cool moment for Mexico. They're flying home. Happy man. This Mexican versus Bulgaria match was honestly fire. It was fun.
1: It was was a lot of fun. and, And like I said, this Mexican team has the ability to frustrate you because they play fantastic defense. They bomb serves from the baseline, and they they they're honestly just going to fr- frustrate you all day. They've got three good arms on the on the outside. Gonzalez was absolutely an unrealness when he had thirty two points. Honestly, like when you start looking at a, at a guy like that, like a game like that might have just earned him uh, a contract. Right? hope like, so you you go with the world championships you drop 32 points you beat bulgaria for a massive win for your country sure you don't go anywhere but like that's that's a huge moral win a massive moral moral win for for mexico and they do it with a brand new generation of players without like arguably their best player ever in pedro Angel like big big ups to mexico because this one was 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 so much fun to watch so 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 much fun to watch but on the other side man Bulgaria. They did out out attack Mexico 60, 63 to fifty six, but still, like something's got to give. Twenty four errors from the baseline for 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 Bulgaria in this one.
0: Yeah, that's too many. It's man, I do not know what Bulgaria's deal is. They they have talent, they really do. And missing Todor Scream off this tournament hurt. I, I was really confused by that. He played in the warm up matches, then didn't play a single point of any match. I don't know. I don't get it. There's something about this Bulgarian team that they, they, they have, they have spades on Sokolov. They have one of the great prospects in the world, like Alex Nikolov. Let's see. 18 for 34, four errors. That's well, that, that me, like, fine. Sokolov. Sokolov was kind of crumbling
1: towards the end. Like there, there was like, he was getting blocked, especially in the fifth set. And he just looked exasperated.
0: I don't think Bulgaria is an overwhelmingly smart team either. They're, they're terrible defensively. They they do not dig anything, and Mexico does. So that's a matchup that they can kind of run with if they can hammer enough balls off the Bulgarian block to score some points. I mean, sure enough, that's exactly what they did. Bulgaria is better than this. At least they should be. Again, be. You, just like Canada, you you are what your record says you are they're they're really running out of time before they're they're not going to be a vnl team they might not they're definitely not going to be a world championship team once sokolov retires this team which, is going to start which might be now which might be now it right. really might be now I, I, there's no because guarantee they make the olympics and well yeah aren't they out of the the qualifying picture like oh, sure, sure they're in the qualifying picture uh, but sokolov's 32 if they don't if they don't go to the olympics in 2 years he's done Hundred percent,
1: and it's not like he's going to be playing VNL matches for them to 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 boost their standings. Like he's only going to come, he's only going to come out for big tournaments like Olympic qualifiers and stuff like that. So exactly, just like we saw this year. And it's crazy. Like just going back to Gonzalez once again, twenty six for thirty nine with six with six errors. He had a sixty six percent hitting ratio, and that's a fifty percent or over over fifty percent efficiency uh, attacking. That's an like awesome match. Twenty-two awesome. years old. Twenty-two years old. Like that has to have gotten him a contract. And if it wasn't for all these Cubans who are getting signed in Italy, apparently, I don't. I mean, I don't know why. After this performance from them, Um <laughs> you know, I would I would expect to see him in a, in a good league because good for good for Diego Gonzalez in this one.
0: Yeah, I, I love his line range. He's got a really good like right-handed wrist away shoulder outside shot, and even uh, I remember. It was either Sparrow or Gurbich or both, like in the pool matches against Mexico saying, yeah, this kid's deceptive about how much line range he has when he doesn't show it. You've really got to work hard to take that away from him. And then he has a good arm and he keeps the ball high. So the only thing this Mexican team is missing for the future is players that have actually played overseas. They They need to send some guys off to Europe, get real club experience. This Mexican team could be pretty darn good. So, yeah, good for Gonzalez, but I think we've already spent too much time on a match where both teams are going home. The other match in this pool on Tuesday was Poland versus the United States. Now, Everett, we talked a lot about this on the last show. All the different different scenarios around should Poland even try to win this match. And And they did. They tried, and they they won. Now, Micah Christensen did not play. Micah Christensen suited up as the second libero. Josh Tuiningas set the whole match for the United States. Uh, We came back and won the first set by a pure and utter miracle. Uh, Kyle Russell, again, with a clutch ace serve, fresh off the bench. We won the first 25-23. After that, nothing doing. Uh, We we didn't really have a chance against Poland that day. Uh, We did not pass the ball well enough. We did not make very good decisions out of system. And Poland's offensive numbers were ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mortosh Kurik 20. Camille Semenyuk, 10. 10 for 14, only two errors, above 50% efficiency. Uh, Both middles combined, uh, ridiculous attacking numbers, like 15 points combined for both middles and unstoppable efficiency-wise. And then... there were, there were some moments that I really didn't like because, again, Eric Shoji was our best player this match. Uh, he touched some unbelievable balls. We kept plays alive miraculously, had swings to win long points, and made bad decisions out of system. So there there's a little bit of concern for me here, but the absence of Micah Christensen was a big one. Josh Tuaniga, I, I don't know how much Josh Tuaniga has ever set Matt Anderson before, surely just in practice clearly not as much as he said, Kyle Ensing over the course of their two careers, Matt Anderson, this match was terrible. Yeah, he was awful. He was four for 16 with 0% efficiency. And I honestly think those numbers might be incorrect because I'm pretty sure he was worse than that. So I hope that that will get better if Micah Christensen is able to play, but sure enough, Poland beats us, uh, Poland wins their pool. They get the one seed. The, the fact that USA took a set was important as we'll talk about later uh, but no Micah christensen is really really concerning it's really concerning
1: it's it's massively concerning and this is nothing against josh tueniga but josh Chuaniga is a, a fantastic setter and hell i would take i would do a lot for josh tueniga Ch- to come to canada right now hey you know like, let, let let someone take the reins here like let's let's go um but it's it's just Micah christensen right like he, there's no one that can replace Michael christensen especially on team usa he's one of the best setters in the world arguably the best setter best, best setter in the world and Without him, like that's a, that's a huge question mark for for Team USA. One thing I will say though, that Rob, I do think that this this works in your benefit, right? Guys, we're going to look in as we're going to look uh, on the bracket, and uh, I'm assuming in a little bit, I think there's a lot of benefit to losing to a team early on that you're going to play potentially further further down the road, especially a team that you just smoked in in the VNL final. So I would fully expect USA to come out you know, Revan and Roar and to go against, against Poland.
0: I I do think so. And if that match does happen as it's kind of projected, uh, we'll, we'll preview it. I think it will be a very different game, but I mean, if we don't have Micah Christensen playing, I don't think we really have a chance. And the, the there's been a lot of uncertainty around what's going on with them. I'll tell you what I, what I do know. It's a leg injury. It's some kind of leg injury. I think it's either like a muscle injury or a tendon injury. It's not major structural damage and from a, a a source directly who's there at, at the tournament with USA volleyball they said that if they need him he will play now the, ske- the so the, the schedule works out in the USA's favor because the first match is uh, the first match in bracket is on sunday and then the next one wouldn't be again until thursday so if if they if they think that the U.S. thinks that they can go out and beat their first-round matchup, who we'll talk about in a second, with Josh Tuaniga's setting. Then Micah Christensen's going to have a week and a half off to figure himself out uh, before we play that second-round game. And I think that I, I expect to see him. I don't think his tournament is over. And the, the feeling that I've gotten from people that are more connected is the same. Uh, I don't think that Micah Christensen's tournament is over.
1: I mean, do they have a, do they have a third setter that they have even just to, there for training? Because no. if that's the case, just put Micah on the bench. Put him with some ice if that's what he needs. Puts his leg up. Hell, give him a lazy boy. All you need for a week, just put him on maximum Kawhi Leonard type style um, load management and just just let him rest up because you're going to need him for a long run in this tournament.
0: Yep, I agree. So Paul, there was a lot of talk about the strategy. Sure enough, Gurbich plays the starters the whole time. Poland as, looked, as
1: he should. As Poland, he looked, should.
0: Poland looked great, to be honest. I, I think they looked really good. They played a great game. The crowd was unbelievable. We'll see if that comes back to bite them. We will see. Yep. Uh, last but not least on Tuesday, uh, two matches that weren't particularly close. But honestly, the closer of the two was France beating Cameroon. Now, France did the smart thing here. Uh, they, they beat them 3-0. France did the smart thing. They played they played all the bench, which was the right move. They beat Cameroon. Cameroon the lowest ranked team in the field. This was expected. I, I do I watched a little bit of Cameroon this tournament. They were better than I thought they were going to be. They were not the worst team in the tournament based on like, my perception. So good for them, but they did not win a set. Slovenia destroyed Germany. They completely destroyed them. 25-16, 25-22, 25-17. And I think in doing so, Slovenia kind of forced Poland's hand because if Poland had chosen to lie down and die and like, try to lose that match to the U.S., Slovenia, because of how well they played against Germany, would have taken, overtaken them for the one seed. And Germany was was is weird, Everett, because they had everything to play for. Even if they didn't win a set, their point ratio ended up mattering hugely towards their advancement. And if it wasn't for Canada getting destroyed, Germany would have been out of this tournament. So I, I mean, don't know what the, I don't know what the deal is there.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if Poland was going to finish first or you know first or second. The same result was going to be happening where they'd have a big a big quarterfinal matchup, right? So, um, to be honest. Germany I think is kind of in the same boat as Canada right now. Both have rosters that on paper should be pretty decent and they're just way underperforming. Um, that's probably the only other team that like even though they finished 15th and I think Tunisia finished 16th, right? Is, is that yeah, that's, that's uh, Yeah, correct. that's correct. So I, even then I would I would rate Tunisia higher than Germany right now. Like I think Tunisia uh, met, like deserves to be in the round of 16 more so than Germany.
0: Based on the performances in this tournament so far, it's hard to disagree. I think Germany's ceiling is definitely higher, but they're both going to lose their first round bracket games. Oh yeah. All right, uh, on to today. Today's matches: Serbia beats Tunisia, expected, but there was some drama, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I first want to talk about Ukraine versus Puerto Rico. Good for Puerto Rico. They want to set. Uh, Ukraine needed a sweep here to go, have it to go down to points with Turkey for seeding. Uh, but because Ukraine dropped a set, I actually think their bracket draw is better. They don't have to play the United States in the first round anymore.
1: I mean, that's better. That's that's always better. Whenever you have to don't have to play the U.S. instead, you're going to play the Dutch. Like I, I think that Turk or Ukraine thinks it can beat the Dutch.
0: I, I think it can too. And when you that'll be a really fun match to watch. It's two Honestly, of the best, yeah. two of the best servers on the planet. Ole Plotnitsky, dude, is so so good. I He's- absolutely. I, I love him. I love watching him. And again, we need to free this man, make him a starter on a club team. Uh, but good for Ukraine. I mean, the, we we talked about it. Their spot in this tournament was gifted to them. They took advantage. They capitalized. They're playing good volleyball and of the upset potential teams in the first round, they're kind of up there for me as we'll talk about in a minute. But I want to, I want to talk about Serbia versus Tunisia. So The drama around this was not of of who was going to win because it was obviously going to be Serbia the entire way. But you see that first set, it was 29-27. Tunisia had two set points. I think they were up 24-22, and Serbia came back and forced overtime. Going into this, this was after Turkey had swept Canada, and Tunisia had won a match. They had beaten Puerto Rico 3-0. It it was going to come down to points. If Serbia were to sweep Tunisia, which they did, Tunisia just needed to score a certain number of points to get the point ratio to just barely beat Canada. After they, they let that first set slip away, they got smoked in the second set, 25-15. We were all freaking out in the Discord doing the math. It turned out that in the third set, Tunisia needed 16 points. They needed to lose 16-25 or better to advance to get the 16 seed and make it to the bracket. They got 17 points. Tunisia advanced by two points and Canada was eliminated by the same two points. Now Everett, I'm with you. I don't think Canada deserved to make it out. I think it would have been, they they wouldn't have felt good about it. They shouldn't have felt good about it if they had made it out to play Poland. But the margin of two points, not talking about standings points. I'm talking about like points on the volleyball court, two points. Between continuing your tournament and going home is just crazy. So that was kind of dramatic today.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, what did we get crushed by in the first set uh, by at Italy against Italy? How many chances? 25-13. How many chances do we have to close out that third set against Italy? Right. We close out one at just one point. One point. We get one block. We make one dig. We, we make one play there. This team is moving on right now. Right. Yep. That, that, that's the reality of it. So, like, yeah, it hurts and uh, as i said i'm glad it hurts because i don't like this is this is one where like you know you 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 remember it you take a picture you have a a a, a memento and you build towards the the next one because this is one of those ones that this is the girl that that broke up with you that broke your heart that made you go beast boat in the gym
0: (laughs) i like that well i mean i as an american fan can certainly relate we had that moment last year in the olympics and uh, I think we've turned it around for the better. I like this comment <laughs> in the chat. Congrats to all these teams making it on So You get a nice 3-0 beatdown in the first round for your efforts. I mean, and, uh, I'll, I'll translate that. That would be thanks for participating. Here's a cookie. Uh, you here's a cookie. Ahead. Take Enjoy it on your way out. Uh, we already talked about this pool, uh, Canada getting swept by Chiquiè, and China beat, or sorry, Italy beating China 3-0. This was embarrassing. 14-10-14. That might be the largest margin of victory in a world championship ever. That was so Uh, bad. China is terrible. They're awful. I can't that, believe I picked him to win a match in this pool. That was stupid of me.
1: My only solace of this entire tournament is to shut up all those Chinese fans who are saying, well, China can beat Canada. No, you can't. You can't beat anyone, <laughs> even Mexico, even Puerto Rico. You're
0: garbage. China was the worst team in this tournament. Uh, not, not, not the most team disappointing, but the worst. The worst worse, Cameroon worse, is better than China. Worse than Cameroon, worse than Qatar, uh, worse than Puerto Rico. All those other uh, dead last place seeds, worse than Bulgaria. Were, oh, way worse than Bulgaria. China was the worst team in this tournament. Embarrassing. They're going to get slapped. They're going to get slapped in the LNV this year if they go to France and play. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, moving on. Last pool of the day and a couple of the last matches that were really dramatic. What is Argentina doing? They needed five sets to beat Egypt, and event- they went down two to one versus Egypt. They did figure it out 25-17, to six in the last two sets. But what's Argentina doing? What's throwing on
1: uh, another team that's just lost its identity, right? Man. Canada, Canada, Germany, Argentina—all such good teams in the past decade. Bulgaria as well, right? Those four teams, and now they've just complete completely disappeared. I was very close to being right here in in this one, Rob. Last week I called that all three of the uh, Argentina, Iran, Netherlands games are going to go to five. Almost went to five, but the, then like I, you almost have to give it to me because Argentina, Egypt went to five.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that counts. I, I, think you can, I think you can take that one to the bank. Uh, we talked on the last show about Argentina's service errors. Way too many. Uh, 25 in this match, which is not as bad as we saw before. But Egypt only made 12. So good for them. Smart volleyball. If, if you're not an amazingly good service team, put the ball in play and see what happens. And sure enough, they were able to take Argentina to five. Didn't matter, though. Argentina still made it out of the pool. But this other match, Iran versus the Netherlands, it was a huge one. It uh, With the pool title on the line, both teams were undefeated coming in. Uh the Netherlands went up two to one, but everett in the in the fourth set, Iran started out fast. It was thirteen to six, and Namir Abdelaziz went off in a way that that just few other players of all time ever could uh, He scored seven points in that fourth set alone, and the Netherlands ended the match on a six to nothing run from nineteen eighteen uh yeah nineteen eighteen up. To twenty-five to eighteen, uh, Fabian Plock was the server. He gets a lot of credit, but a six-to-nothing run and and the other that that run right there and the way that the Netherlands came back in that first set was enough to convince me that they're a scary team and there's more going on there than just Namir.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll be fully honest. I did not watch a second of volleyball after Canada lost today. Uh, <laughs> I was lick I was licking my wounds um, and and getting and getting ready for the show. So to be honest, like. <sighs> I'll be perfectly honest namir dropping 30 doesn't impress me like it's just so <laughs> like it's just so like russell westbrook and james harden of him to just be able to go out there and just put up massive Dude,
0: numbers look at the but, numbers 25 for 32 with only five errors yeah okay that's, that's absolutely that's that's I'm, 60, I'm looking at it i heard you some efficiency
1: i heard you say it but now that i'm seeing it on the screen that's donkulous that's disgusting but but, but but real quick on the other side of the net how did Iran Iran do such a good job at VNL? What was their ticket to, to success?
0: I, I just mean. think that I think that nobody really had film on them, and they came out there and surprised a lot of people. And now, in studying for the World Championships, you have a tournament worth of data on Amin, on Esfandiar, like the only guy who's really been there before and is able to adapt to those things is Milad Badapur, yeah. of course. But uh, there's a reason why Amin. Uh, he hasn't had the tournament that we thought he was going to have. It's because the other teams have figured it out. Nobody knew him during VNL. This is the world championship. Again, there's levels to this game Everett. And the people that are smart in volleyball, even Roberto Piazza, who is a stooge, was able to do enough research to kind of slow down. I mean, come on. Yeah. But at the same time, like I don't, I, I see so many
1: opportunities where they could set him out of system, and they try to give it to Asfandiar. They try to give it to the left side. Like I think we go back to this. Someone said in the chat during the first uh, Iran game that they're the best dumb team in the world. <laughs>
0: still um, are.
1: Yeah. And they, they they still are. Like he was your best guy. You should be opening the tournament by giving him fifty sets. Just just see just to see what happens, right? Because he he was he rode the he drove the bus for you guys beforehand. Let him do it again until he can't anymore.
0: Is Fondiar, negative efficiency again. <laughs> that's two matches in Ouch. a row. Uh, Ibadipur, okay, 14 for 24, four errors. Uh, did I mean, that? that's a great stat line for him. You can't ask for much more than that. But Amin, only 13 points, 12 for 26 attacking, four errors. Uh, teams have just figured him out. And he's still very, very high ceiling, unbelievably talented, great arm. Uh, could be a little bit more consistent of a server, if you ask me. Uh, he's going to be a good player again there's levels to this game uh, it, there, there's it's we we talk about sophomore slumps in club all the time once people get film on you but it's a like an accelerated version of that from this year's VNL to world champs
1: also too though his window is way smaller like he's already 25 right like we're not talking about like like he's like he's a guy who popped off at the VNL but like other guys who popped off at the VNL are you know 19 year old Alex Nikolov right so the, the, the just there's there's levels to this thing as you said and you know, he's already pretty far along in, in those levels.
0: Fair point. Well, Everett, is that it for pools? We've got bracket matchups to break down. I think, I think we should probably get to it, huh?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think so too. Do we have
0: it? Do we have an ad in between? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Uh, tell the people ever about that volleyball dot store because we're matching. We, uh, we're, we're- do you have anything on your back are you are you a nine by Oh, nine? oh
1: I'm not a nine uh, nine no guy, I, this guy. is the blank one too yeah this, this is just this is just <laughs> the blank one well guys if you guys want to look cool like like Rob and I and like the the rest of the discord you gotta head over to that volleyball.store to pick up all your official nine by nine gear uh to pick o- uh pick up the official spicy volleyball gear um by the way big shout out to nay on the discord for making a spicy volleyball emoji Ooh. I don't know why I don't know why we hadn't had that and I saw that the other day and I was just like dude that's that's awesome. Um so yeah big shout out to Nate. He's a great person in our in our community. I think actually not a big shout out because I'm pretty sure he comes from Turkey and so we're we're mad, yeah, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> mad at him. He's
0: he's Filipino. We've got some Turkish people oh, okay. in the Discord You're, who you have every right to be mad at. Uh but but yes go to that volleyball it's, that volleyball.store, uh, buy some merch for us and support us. Also join the Discord as aforementioned. It's been popping off. Uh the discussions have been insane. We were all going nuts over the math of like teams trying to score a certain number of points to advance today. It's been very, very fun. Uh, and it will be fun for the rest of the tournament. So that link is in the description.
1: Yeah. I think we need to get uh you just got
0: three donged by a team that lost to Denmark. <laughs> put put on a shirt. <laughs> uh again, put put it in the nine by nine hall of fame. All-time no. all time great line. No thoughts, just vibes. Oh, incredible. All right. Uh, without further ado, we've, I've, had, I've seen people blowing up the chat about it. It's time to look at the bracket. Let's do it. The matchups are set. We know who's playing in bracket, and we know when. Uh, good for Volleyball World, they've already decided the schedules. We know match times for the bracket, so they're not on the screen right now, but we'll, we'll, let, we'll let you know. Let's start on the left side of the bracket. This is the side that's playing in Poland over the next week or so. Uh, So the first block of matches will be on Sunday. Uh, The other two matches Sunday, two matches the following Tuesday in the round of 16, and then the round of eight uh, next Thursday, so week from tomorrow. Matchups are as follows. Poland gets the one seed. They'll take on the 16 seed Tunisia, who barely scraped in by two points, like we mentioned. Uh, The 8-9 matchup is the United States versus Turkey. Uh, Turkey gets the nine seed after uh, sweeping Canada. And then because the Ukraine dropped a set, they get the nine Uh, decent matchup for the U S in the first round. If I'm being honest, Uh, Brazil gets the five seed on the bottom of the bracket there. They take on Iran in the first round, which is kind of a spicy matchup. Uh, The 13 seed is Argentina and they'll get the four seed in Serbia in the first round. So that's the side of the bracket that's playing in Poland. Uh, There's two days off for everyone to travel to their appropriate spots. Everett, do you agree with me? This is the more difficult side of the bracket.
1: Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Duh. Poland, USA, Brazil on the same side. Plus, you've got you know the random outliers of uh, Iran, Argentina, Serbia. Like, yeah, that's that. This is way harder to to get out, uh, get out in this side. I mean, let's be honest. That Poland, USA potential uh, quarterfinal there is going to be spicy. Like just just like I talked about, it it's really tough to beat a team twice in one tournament. And let's be honest, if there's one place that Poland likes to choke, usually is it's against Slovenia. But if there's one place <laughs> they like to choke, it is the quarterfinals, right? So like like we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to see. Hopefully, at this point. Micah christensen has been on the lazy boy and using the Norma tech every single damn all day, every single damn day for a week. And he's, he's getting ready to go for this one because Poland, USA, like could be a world championship final, right? Especially with these two teams, it could be a world championship final and we're here for it. I want a five set banger. I want this to be one of the all time greats. If, if they get there, of course, let's be honest. They're going to get there. They're going to get just, there. Luke they're going to get not there. That good. He's good enough to beat Canada. Not good enough to beat the USA. Um, but yeah, 100% stoked about that. But the matches that we have on the bottom half of the bracket in the round of 16 are way better, right? Way better. I think I think Brazil versus Iran is going to be fire, right? If there's one if there's like once again two passionate teams, two fiery teams, they're going to bring their best, right? I'm I'm expecting some cards. I'm going to love it. And then two very very skilled teams on on, on the other side, right? With Argentina Serbia, like I think that those are two teams that Kind of have the same mentality in the same place in, in in the volleyball world. A team that's kind of on the outside looking in, but always has that skill to be able to be able to make a run at it, right? So that one, to be honest, I know, you know like there's a massive diff- there's a massive difference in the in the seeds there, Serbia to Argentina, but then you also have to look at the quality of pools there. Serbia coasting through the pool, Argentina arguably in the toughest one. That one could be the biggest quote unquote upset, but I, I think it's going to be a barn burner nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm not convinced by the way that Argentina has played this tournament so far, but we still know what they can do if they figure it out in a given match. And so, and and then Brazil and Iran as well. There's serious upset potential in both of those matchups, I think. Way more so than either of the two on the top of the screen. Like Tunisia, thanks for participating. You're going to get 3-0 smoked in Poland, not even close. USA Turkey, I would be shocked if Turkey took a set. I would. I think that the US will be able to Game plan against a one-dimensional team like that a lot better than Canada did today with Josh Tuniga setting with probably with Josh Tuniga setting and I, I think that is the smart that's the smart thing to do right now because I'm confident that we can win that match with our backup setter save Micah for the second round but the, yeah the, those matches on the bottom of the screen Brazil Iran Argentina Serbia good matches. but the real feature here is Poland versus the USA in the second round I want revenge I want Poland to regret their strategy that they used yesterday in pool play. I want them to regret beating us, regret putting us on the same side of the bracket as them. Get Micah Christensen back, put pressure on Poland to win a big tournament in the home arena. We know how they like to crumble under pressure in big tournaments, different stage, different stakes. I'm expecting a banger in that second round, just like you are. Rob, I have a question for you. Yeah.
1: Matt Anderson was nowhere to be found against Poland yesterday, right? MIA MIA just not there whatsoever. Um, if we see the same thing happen in the quarterfinals, do you? If you are Rob, or if you are if you're Rob Sinclair, you are Rob Sinclair. <laughs> if you're John Spira, do you a go with the Kyle Ensing route, or do you go back to the VNL finals and you throw Defalco out there, bring Maguit Mag- 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 and uh, and Russell on the left side? Which route are you going with?
0: It's totally going to depend on how Matt Anderson plays versus Turkey. It's nice because the next match that we play is not against Poland. We have one in between there, which you are obviously going to start Anderson. He's your uh, one of the most valuable and most important players in the game, and he's just got to be better. And he needs to figure out how to play with Josh Dueninga. He needs to figure out how to score again because he was miserable attacking against Poland the other day. If, his, if, if we get him as confident as we know that he can be, feed him a lot of balls versus Turkey. get him back to where we know he can be, then you obviously, obviously, obviously start Matt Anderson. But I, I like that question because if Anderson doesn't play well, we have more of a chance to win a match versus Poland if we do that weird mix up thing and play like three outside hitters and maybe put TJ on the right. We have more of a chance to win a match doing that than we do if we put Kyle Ensing in there. Kyle Ensing is not going to beat Poland, but something weird enough like that three outside thing we saw in VNL finals, something that weird just might get it done if Anderson can't. So uh, that's what I think, but I don't think we're going to need that. I think Anderson's going to play well in the first round match, and I think he's going to be much, much better against Poland second time.
1: I mean, I think regardless of how Anderson plays in the first round match, you start him in the. In the oh, yeah, yeah. Round, of course. Of right? Course. Like, it, it, it doesn't really matter. You're putting Anderson in there for, for set one. Even if he doesn't do great in set one, you're going to put him back into to, to set two, maybe with a bit shorter leash. And then if it doesn't work out, then you're going swi- to switch things up a little bit. But uh,
0: exactly. But yeah. So uh, that's obviously the featured potential matchup uh, on this side of the bracket. Let's look on the right side of the bracket. So this is the, these are the matches going down in Slovenia. Uh, starting this Saturday. So we got two matches Saturday, two matches Monday in the round of 16, and then two matches on Wednesday, a week from today uh, in the round of eight, going down in Ljubljana. Same gym. The fans have been awesome. So the seeds are as follows. Slovenia, the host, they get the two seed, and they get an immediate pool play rematch versus Germany, who gets the 15. And we had just talked about how that one went yesterday. That was a beatdown. I expect the very same. Then we have the 10 versus the 7. The 10 is Ukraine, uh, they get out, and they actually get a little bit better of a draw than if they had gotten the 9 seed because they get to take on the Netherlands at 7. And we, we've been high on the Netherlands. They won their pool. They've been impressive. But you never know about this one. We'll break it down in a second. But it's definitely a better if you're a Ukraine fan than it was if they were playing the U.S. Bottom of the bracket, France versus Japan. Very interesting matchup. But of all the teams that can really adapt to Japan-style, it's France. France gets the 6th seed, Japan at 11. And last but not least, Cuba, the fourteen seed. I really got helped by taking a point versus Brazil on day one. And Italy gets the 3. Everett, your thoughts on this side of the bracket? I think it's easier in general, but there are a couple of very good potential matchups. There is some potential good matchups right
1: now. I think right now maybe Poland is wishing they had maybe... Like aim to finish second because if they are in Slovenia's spot right now, having to play Germany and then the Netherlands would have been, you know, like, like thank you for participating very much. Let's put low match in there and rest the boys uh, <laughs> as 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 we go through. Um, but that being said, you know what? Hey, you got to beat everyone to win, so it doesn't really matter at, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I think the bottom half of that bracket there, those two first round mat, those two first round matchups are going to be some of the best we have. France versus Japan is going to be a highly skilled uh, level. Let's be honest; it's salivation for the limited media team that is that volleyball world has because you know this is pretty much pretty much their wheelhouse right here. You have the Olympic champs, which you love to love to promote. Shout out to Anton Pizad, who's apparently the best player in the, in the world. I, I
0: think they like to promote that France won VNL more than they won the Olympics. To be true,
1: true, tr- absolutely, because the VNL is a, is a viable world product. And yeah. then, of course, we all we all know how how uh, Japan loves it. So the only thing that would be better would be like Japan versus versus Poland, Japan versus USA. Uh, one of those ones. But yeah, France, Japan going to be fire, and then Cuba, Italy is going to be fire too. I think. I do think that Cuba has a potential. Cuba has the potential to be really, really good or really, really bad, just because the matchup's really bad. Italy is arguably the best blocking team in the world. They serve really tough, which we know is is going to run Cuba some problems, and then they put up the best block in the world, as Canada saw in in the first match of of the tournament, and they were statistically the best blocking team as well throughout the the VNL. So I think this one has the the potential to be some big roofs if Cuba doesn't find some way to set the ball a little bit better than they did uh, in pool play
0: which then sets up for another unbelievable second-round matchup, potentially France versus Italy. And between that and then USA versus Poland in the second round on the other side, there are going to be two very good teams that do not play in the Final Four in this tournament. And what what sort of a cupcake group of four are we looking at on the top of the screen there? Oh, God. Slovenia, Germany, Ukraine, and the Netherlands? I mean... I expect Slovenia to win their first match easily. I think Ukraine could give Netherlands some issues, but Namir is the best player on either team. Slovenia and the Netherlands plan for a chance to go to the final four just, like, doesn't seem like a world championship quarterfinal to me.
1: No, it it, it doesn't really. But, you know, that's what we get with, with uh, the system that has. And, I mean, sometimes it happens as well with other ones, with just, um, like, upsets and stuff like that. But uh, you're not wrong. Um as much as I think that like, Slovenia obviously has the home, home crowd advantage, but this Dutch team is pretty good. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the Dutch team uh, in, in the semifinals, whether they play France or Italy. I mean, my money's on France. Look at how France, just, just demolished Italy in the, uh, the VNL semifinals this year. Like it, it wasn't even close. True. So it, true. It, I'm, I, I've got my money on France there. I mean, I think that they still have the potential to, to, to win this whole thing. And I mean, of all of the best teams in the world, I think that they have the easiest route to the finals right now.
0: yeah, I think I agree with you too i I think they match up they're going to beat Japan. there are people in the chat saying that France beats Japan every single time they play, and that's true, and like I said earlier, like japan if, if if Japan, when they play teams that are better than them, the better teams understand the matchup. they have comparable skill, significantly more size, and they just beat them because they're prepared. so I expect that, and yeah. France and then France on the other side of the bracket in the semifinals is probably either going to get Slovenia or the Netherlands, both of whom they'll probably beat. So great chance we're seeing France in the finals here. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. uh, uh, Give me your thought and then I I have a little bit to wrap up so we can tell people about the schedule and when we're going to do our next show because there's only a couple matches between now and our next show and they're not going to be that good. So we don't have to spend that much time previewing right now
1: yeah uh well well, my only thing that i was going to say that brazil does have like a little bit easier but then once once they get to the semifinals, they've got either usa or poland which is arguably arguably the two two best teams so i do think that having to play italy who's like once again like they they benefited from a very easy pool no one there even even pushed them they're the type of team that does very very well in the early stages of the game because the style that they play but time and time except for you know not time and time again, this season we've seen them kind of lose some muster uh, in in the uh, in the stages of a tournament, a little a la Trentino.
0: Yeah, that's a good comparison. So the schedule of matches here. Uh, today's Wednesday. We've got two days off. So the teams are going to take Thursday and Friday to travel to their new places if their pool wasn't in the same place as their bracket match. Getting back at it on Saturday, Saturday, September 3rd. We've got two matches both on this side of the bracket here. Uh, in Slovenia. The first is Slovenia versus Germany. And it's weird that they're playing this one earlier. I'm really surprised. Uh, I think I think Italy has a TV contract situation that guarantees them primetime slots for matches. That might be it. But Slovenia versus Germany is the first match of the round of 16. It's going down at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. Uh, the other match that day is Italy versus Cuba. Uh, Italy versus Cuba, 3.15 p.m. Eastern on Saturday also. Only two matches that day. And then the other side of the bracket gets going on Sunday in Poland. Uh, the two matches happening on Sunday in Poland. That's Sunday, September 4th. United States versus Turkey is 1130 a.m. Eastern this Sunday. And then Poland versus Tunisia is 3 p.m. Eastern this Sunday. So prime time game for the Polish fans on a Sunday night to see their team completely destroy an hour and a shower Tunisia. But not a whole lot of drama there. Then, Everett, the next show you and I are going to do is Sunday night. So, Sunday night, we're going to get to react to those four matches. Uh, again, that's Slovenia, Germany, Cuba, Italy on Saturday, Poland, Tunisia, USA on Sunday. We're going to get to react to those. There probably won't be a lot of drama if they go how we think they will. And then we'll get to preview the other matches that are coming up in the following days. So, that's kind of, that's kind of the schedule from here on out. Yeah. I mean, it, this tournament feels way
1: too fast. It's it is. The, it's, it's the world championships. This isn't a damn Pan Am Cup. Like, let's slow it down a little bit next time, guys. Like, I almost kind of feel that the four team pool play is too bit too little um, and almost prefer the 16 pool play that that we used to have. But just we don't need the repool, right? Like, right. let's right. just 16 16 pool play. And then let's 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 go on there Four four teams of six. You have the top four teams, right? None of this re-ranking based off your score, because I think that there's just too much nuance with it. Just a simple, like, you know, A plays B, whatever, you know, the the simple stuff. And you just have a round of 16 from there. Like, I agree. Nice, nice and easy guys. Like,
0: let's let's figure it out. I would like that better, but uh, we do have four matches that will be okay. I think some of those matches will be okay. I think Italy Cuba will probably be the best one of the four before our next show. Uh, But then the other good ones in the round of 16 come after our next show. So uh, we'll talk about all that on Sunday night, uh, same time, same place on volleyball source YouTube.
1: Yeah, should be a good one. Rob, what's your prediction heading forward? What's like give me one prediction. It doesn't need to be who's gonna win, just give me give me one prediction. Like a hot take here.
0: Argentina beats Serbia in the first round.
1: Ooh, okay. Okay. I think Argentina I, like that.
0: I think Argentina snaps out of it. I think they figure it out. And I think they beat Serbia in the first round.
1: Okay. Bruno Lima go off? Or does Facundo uh, Conte go off? I think, Facundo Co- I think
0: Facundo Conte really figures it out, and Argentina serves much better. I think that's the path for them. Okay. How cool. about one for you? You got one for this bracket?
1: I think Ukraine gets it out.
0: You think? Do you think Ukraine beats Netherlands? That's pretty spicy.
1: I, I like. I think there's a possibility. Like Plotnitsky is just so good, right? And there's there's one team who's got something to play for, something like like it's it's either Ukraine or
0: Cuba. It, it's it's one of those. It's one no, of those. Two no way is it Cuba. I don't see it, but I could see Ukraine. I think Ukraine has a pretty good matchup in the middle as well. I think I think Ukraine's middles are underrated.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this is going to be a bit of a jumping a jumping ground for for Ukraine Ukrainian volleyball, if you know the rest of of, of, of things can work out for them politically and 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 uh, and whatnot. But like we all know that if you can go deep in World Championships and that's going to give you points, like that just sets you up for the rest of everything for for
0: the rest of time. Totally. Well, there's got to be at least one upset in the round of 16 somewhere, at least we hope, because that would be fun, and that's what we're hoping for. So uh, maybe that'll happen the next couple of days, but the next time we'll talk to you boys and girls is on Sunday night, uh, this Sunday, September 4th. Uh, we'll have half of the round of 16 done by then, and we'll preview the other half with a little bit better matches coming on the other side. So uh, we get to enjoy a couple of days off. Uh, I'm going to enjoy a few days off. It's a holiday weekend here in the States. So I'm going to enjoy it watch a lot of volleyball and you will too in the volleyball source discord link in description join it all right guys thanks a lot peace out we'll see you sunday it is wednesday dudes <laughs> <laughs>